Hobbies are wonderful things. My aunt taught me to crochet when I was in my early teens, my nan was a whiz with the needles, and my gran trundled her sewing machine through many seams and darts. Mum enjoyed her needle crafts, too, I remember machine log cabin patchwork which cuddled me from an early age, knitting, crochet, Florentine embroidery and bobbin lace, this was something her grandmother did. The button box, scrap bag and small pockets of wool inhabited cupboards around the house, and now inhabit mine. My obsession with crochet began, a double bedspread in vivid granny squares, wool bought with pocket money for my various part-time jobs. A three-color, nine-way combination in DK yarn. I have it, still, but don't tell my O. As life became pressured by exam revision, I could be found studiously avoiding my books, and variously working on color combinations and layouts. The successes of my exams in my mid-teens, were forgotten, and with a random, ill-advised choice of senior subjects, I floundered. Seeking solace in my subtle combos, and striking mixes, crochet became a splendid salvation for my tortured mind. The hot reds and yellows echoed the burnt earth and incessant heat that accompanied my days, forced indoors by the need to study, and by the glorious weather, the coolness of my bedroom did nothing to inspire me to work. Feeling lost in a mathematical miasma, I searched for patterns, repetitions and algorithms of yarn. Visiting the Amazonian climes of South America, reveling in their distant and unfathomable culture and dreaming of the cliffs, beaches, coves and headlands of southern England, all I could see were clashes of color versus muted tones, then represented in my hooking. In a time of rainbows. In a time of rainbows. Even my art brought me no respite. My studies submitted for assessment, were long gone. Thankfully my career aspirations were on track, I had a place already organized for when school was done, these exams were a societal expectation, how I wish I had used the time and effort in a more enriching slash remunerative way. In the permissive years of my youth, life in our little town was anything, but, our social media was the rumors and stories that got back to parents if you misbehaved. Magazines and the Beeb brought insights, heavily edited and censored, into life beyond our cozy innocence. Any thought of doing something different was squashed and dismissed, I'd buck the trend by not going to uni, or becoming a teacher or nurse. Craft was just that, a fill-in, a hobby, except where it was for mending, repairing a semi-worn sock, or ripping a dress. I could never dream of how yarn arts could become a career, my aspiration to be a textile designer was shelved, as being too unpredictable but as interior design has risen in profile, who knows? As an alternative, I chose a career where craft was a treatment tool, a method of rehabilitating the body and soul. It started well, but soon this aspect of the profession lost credence, as health care became subject to financial restraints. I tried. I tried to use these tools, but the fashion, the passion wasn't there in the offices and corridors of power. It was seen as retrograde, an old ethos, in the bright new world of the health marketplace. Therapy became discharge facilitation, treatment disappeared into a cupboard, hiding, waiting, like a chrysalis to be summoned, as a fine young thing, in a gray world. How could craft be quantified? Achieving goals, standards, were understood. Quality of life audits failed to consider that humans like to achieve prowess in more than basic survival skills. Essential skills do not encompass craft, they are the absolute tasks needed to get from one end of the day, to bed, at the other. Quantity of life is viewed as more important than quality. The body takes precedence over the soul. Belief suspended, yes, there was a time when I didn't crochet, I couldn't find time in a fevered brain, 
and busy life, to connect with my expressive and artistic side. Then the knit and natter movement cruised into my view, finding approbation from other closet crafters, I admitted to my obsession and bought more wool. Tunisian hooks were added to birthday lists, my family realized that I wouldn't be appeased by a platitude, and accepted that I was, again, hooked. So, yarn became my medium for expressing appreciation, love, thanks. The effort taken to create and achieve the final piece, became a way of focusing my love of color, form, pattern, and rhythm, into something that I couldn't find in my job. Flourishes of color, anarchy, a way of truly expressing myself without causing harm. Believe me, there are times when the explosion of riotous color is a symbol for boiling resentment, anger, and passion. Pinpoints of challenge, thrown into the muted tones of mediocrity, frenzied hooking that calms my thoughts, hands and tongue, mostly crochet is my moving meditation, but not always. Seascape, the wave comes to shore. Vips, PhDs, and UFOs stuffed into drawers, waiting, waiting for their release. Waiting for a purpose beyond the hook. Yarn enlivened by a use, a single ball of wool becomes the inspiration, when I've bought yarn with no idea in mind, it insinuates itself into my psyche, tapping on my shoulder as I cruise through social media use me, tags itself to my searching. Friends mention grandchildren soon to be born, weddings, occasions of note, my hooky hand, almost unbidden, rises, metaphorically, into the air, my tongue unravels into I'll make you something. 60 daisies, soon to be 120. Multicolored blankets, throws, toys, morph from stands of yarn into things of beauty and, sometimes, eye-watering clarity. Subtle colors are for wimps, something I do not repress in my work. Patterns are for the unimaginative, my eye and hand work together to blend and shape, the twin peaks of mathematics and art, once despised by my teachers collide and collude to build a creation. Texture, dimension and shape unravel from the ball, free-forming into weird, wild fantasies, named for their primary attribute, color, appearance or function. I have no idea where my projects begin, sometimes it is from social media, but mostly from my imagination. Pouring through my yarn stash, I find something that firms the kernel of an idea, reworking it and adding to it, to give it life, its own personality. In so many ways, crochet expresses the repressed and hidden part of me. It always has, the Janus part to the logical, organized, pragmatic person, that I strive to be. The mildly obsessive individual that seeks solace from order, but, secretly loves riots of color, passion and asymmetry. It is a tangible link with the strong, determined, loving women in my family, it is something I pass on to my girls. I no longer hide my obsession, but flaunt it. It's been part of my life for 50 years, there's so much more to learn, and experience from the craft. There's a whole host of yarnsters happy to share their creations. I'm not planning to hang up my hook anytime soon and, if you are there, at my end, check that one goes into the afterlife with me. I still want to make yarning mischief on the other side. Suat. At Therapy 2 Optimum.